Hi, friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Love. And per usual, we have another amazing guest. Isamer Mary. See, even then, I even practiced this before we got on camera and I messed it up again. Okay, so Isa Mary has been on the shamanic path for over 10 years and also has 10 years of plant medicine experience. Additionally, she's also trained in the in a Hawaiian forgiveness practice as a practitioner. She combines her skills as an energy healer, Reiki master, quantum healing master, as well as her expertise as a counselor, which also helps her to safely guide you on your journey of self-love, compassion, and connection. She creates a safe space for you to let go of anything holding you back and break free from the patterns and limitations that keep you from unlocking your full potential and your endless possibilities. I am excited to hear everything and all of her wisdom and amazingness that she has to offer today because we could all definitely use a little more forgiveness for ourselves and for everyone else. So Issa Mary, tell me more about you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for the beautiful presentation. Um, yeah. So I'll tell more about you besides everything that you said already. So I am a shaman. As you said, I have been working with shamanism for over yeah, over 10 years. I actually started working with shamanism many years ago. I grew up uh, between Latin America and Mexico. And my first trips to the Amazon was uh, when I was seven. So I've been really, really in touch with, with, with all that. Let's just call it the realms of the unseen for, mm -hmm. for a long, long, long time. And more into the shamanism also and in the plant medicine. I have been working for over 10 years now. And I do Reiki. I do Reiki healings, uh, quantum healing, and I work with everything that has to do with bringing the energetics into the, into the equation. The part of the mind, it's a beautiful thing, but I feel that the mind, as you work, when you work as a, as a counselor or as a therapist, there is, that's my personal opinion, that there is a place where we kind of hit a wall and there are things yeah. that we cannot access anymore. And that's when energy, it's, that's when we can tap into things with energy and shamanism. And that's why yeah. I bridge both. I use shamanism, energy work, and also that part of the mindset to really bring, like, address at deeper, deeper, deeper levels of, of healing and also to deeper levels of, of expansion for, for whoever is working with me. And then how do you sprinkle plant medicine into that? Oh, well, sprinkle plant medicine, it's, uh, I do ceremonies. So I work, I offer ceremonies where I live in Germany, in Munich, and I do ceremonies not only in, Ger in Munich, but I also travel in other places in Germany when they want me to do ceremonies. I can do big groups and I also host small uh, groups. That's what I feel my, re my heart really resonates when I do smaller groups and I can do more of one-on-one with people. And I do my, the main, the plants that I work with are the plants that go to address the heart that really, really go into helping in allowing you to open up your heart. I work with Rose. I work with Bovinsana. Those two beautiful plants really, really assist you in that, in that matter. And cacao. Those are incredible and so, so powerful to really tap into the heart space. 
So I offer ceremonies for those three plants. And I mix when I either in ceremony or when I'm not in ceremony and I'm with clients because of my shamanic training, I have done one in shamanism is called dietas. And dieta is when we are doing basically a diet with this particular plant. I have diet several plants and we do it as the goal of it, or I don't like to say the goal, but well, like just for the purpose of the conversation is to really establish a connection with the spirit of the plant. So when you're out of, out of, when you're not even with the plant, because you're ready, that plant become a part of you. I can call the plant when I'm with someone, with a, with, with a person, with a client. So if I'm with a client and I see that something is coming up and I, a plant can assist me, I'll call the spirit of the plant and the spirit of the plant will be there to assist me because every plant has a different property and every spirit can assist you in a different way. So in those two ways, either as an actual ceremony or by calling the spirit of the plant that it's already embedded in my field, it's part of me already. I can assist people in those two ways, specifically with plant medicine. That's awesome. Okay. And then tell me more about forgiveness and why forgiveness is so important and so crucial for our healing. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, forgiven. I have a very long yard journey with forgiveness. It started um, even without knowing. I Even without knowing, uh, my journey started. Uh, due to personal experiences, I was physically abused when I was in my 20s. And that really brought me to a place where I, I needed to make a choice. And the choice was to stay in what I call difficulty because I don't like to use the, the word victimhood. So to stay in that place of disempowerment and guilt and shame. And there are all so many feelings there are when you are in that space. And to actually shift that and use that into something that would be propelled me, that allows me to move and to grow and to evolve, to really, really push me forward. And I started doing that and that things just fall into place. And I just started working more and more and more and more. And then uh, plant medicine helped me because actually was when I was working with ayahuasca and also with cacao that I received more instructions of what I needed to deepen my work with forgiveness and actually starting to be a forgiveness practitioner and is starting to be a Hoponopono practitioner. So it really went, everything has been a long process that started, was triggered when in that, in that episode in my life. And forgiveness is a key element of healing. Really, really, it's a key element of healing. I feel that forgiveness ripples in so many different ways. It's not only, it's not only, for the healing of one particular thing, but actually transpires and it goes so, so deep and you can apply it once you have worked with forgiveness and you have really the penny drop with forgiveness. That's where something shifts and you're like, there is an aha moment kind of thing. When I said that we hit gold, when we hit gold, then people realize that actually everything they learn with forgiveness can be applied to any other, any other place in your life. It can yeah. be applied to business give it, because it's a shift in your mindset that mm-hmm. it can be applied to everything, your personal life, your professional life. It's, it, it really ripples. It creates a ripple that goes like into everything. And I'm super passionate about, about that because it brings you freedom and it's all about empowerment. And as I said in the beginning, my movement is about shifting the, 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 really the narrative 
and the mindset of people that is in stuck in difficulty and bring them into a place of empowerment that they claim back their power that they realize how much power they already have within them it, that's really what i'm well regardless of how you what tools are there that's what i, I really my yeah my, my soul really resonates with that okay so where do we even start with that because i feel like a lot of people i mean i know that a lot of people that come across on my path that need the guidance and assistance they are so stuck in the cycle of difficulty and if it's not them in victimhood of other people it's of life and it's and and i feel like as a society we are conditioned to be kind of addict to that because it's like everybody's like oh life is so hard this and that and it's like I don't feel like it is. I feel like we make it that way because we are addicted to the struggle, because we are addicted to like having a story. That's some that's a conversation I've talked to a couple people about on the podcast is yeah. that like there's something in our subconscious that needs to prove itself and that we need to like prove not only like it's that, it's like two sides of the drama triangle, right? It's like either prove that we are always a victim or prove that we're super strong. And I know personally for me, something that's been a story in the background for me is that I'm resilient, I'm strong. And I feel like that has totally done me a disservice in the way of me manifesting more things in my life just for me to like continue to have that story running. So like how, what do we do to start letting go of that and start changing the narrative in our lives? Yeah. The first thing, and the, I think one of the most important parts is to just not try to run away from it and actually embrace it. There mm -hmm. is nothing that needs to be deleted, erased. No one that, uh, when people have come sometimes that I tell, I need you to fix me, is my heart goes like, oh, bless you. You don't need fixing. No one needs fixing. We're perfect, perfect, perfect in our own imperfections. And it's really to embrace everything that happened because you have to understand that it's serving you. Mm -hmm. For example, it's serving you the circumstance that you're in it now, it's serving you, it's had a purpose. Also you choosing, because it's a choice, to stay in victimhood, let's just go slash difficulty, it's serving you. And this is a mm -hmm. very, this is a part when I'm working with, with my clients that gets a little bit like entangled and tricky. When you yeah. tell people you're choosing that, it's like, no, of course not. I'm not doing this to myself. I would never. And then we start like what I said, we're stop peeling the onion and just peeling mm -hmm. over layers and layers until you finally realize that yes, actually it is serving you. You're choosing to stay in that place because it's, it's serving you in some sort of way. Whatever it, it would obviously is different in every case, but it's the, it's serving you. So, few points. Realize obviously that's to do it by yourself. It's it's challenging to start that peeling that onion and facing that uncomfortable truth that you're choosing to be in that space because that's not comfortable to go there. And then the other thing is to have the courage, really the courage to acknowledge that. And have the courage that it takes to embrace everything and see the beauty that is in that embracing the everything that you are. Because everything that has happened, everything, every single thing, 
and I can talk in, in my own personal experience, but when I, I just mentioned before, it was my, me being abused. Everything was serving a purpose and everything mm -hmm. that happened, it was making me the woman that is here today talking with you and spreading this beautiful message to whoever soul is meant to hear this podcast. It's, it's serving you, it's preparing you, it's molding you, it's, allow, it's, it's allowing you to, it's giving you more, more growth, more evolution, more ascension, however you want to label it. It's propelling you. It's really propelling you. And when we're able to see that and believe it, <laughs> uh, that's we're like, wow, that's one of those ham moments that happen. Those, those two things, I think they're basic in, the, in this process. Embracing the all. Everything, the ups and the downs, the yeah, the dark and the light, the the, the whole spectrum, yep. and also having the courage to to accept that you are choosing. It's a choice, and you're choosing to either be there or not. I've had many conversations like that with friends, acquaintances recently about just a lot of it is relationships, you know, and it's. I feel like it kind of comes down to this place of how is re this relationship serving you in your life, you know, and is it serving the future you? Is this the person you want to be forever? And is this the place you want to be at forever in your life? Because I feel like we kind of get paralyzed by this thought of, especially as women, we think they will change. We think the situation will change. And it's like, but if it doesn't, is this truly what you want forever? You know, and it's kind of holding on to like, like some romanticized vision of things or of people, you know, and then that whole concept that love also means no. Love also means honoring yourself and walking away from any people, place, person, friends, family, whatever that doesn't serve your highest good. So can you talk a little bit about that self-love and the love for other people of how we can learn to separate that? Yes, of course. That is something I, so boundaries, I love boundaries. And boundaries are a friend. Yeah. Sometimes people, the boundaries have had, some people have this belief that boundaries are not good because that means that you're separating. You just said it, but separate. And it doesn't separate you. It boundaries is you discerning on having the discernment to see where you start, when you end, and the other person begins. So this is me. This is my mm -hmm. stuff. That is not my stuff. I don't need to carry that stuff. And also, I always, when I talk about about boundaries, that is what keeps you safe. Mm -hmm. Boundaries is you standing up for yourself. Boundaries is you choosing to love yourself first. And there is nothing about, there's a misconception with boundaries about being selfish or there's yep. a lot of, like, this. really, I could talk for another even podcast into that topic of the misconceptions about boundaries. But yeah. the, the main one is that, of being selfish, choosing yourself, honoring yourself, and loving you has nothing to do with being selfish. Nothing to do with that. That's one of the main things that we, when you work with boundaries, you have to work 
you have to go through and really understand it. Also understanding that saying no, it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to say, you know what? This doesn't have a discernment. Says it actually, this doesn't belong to me, or I wouldn't. This is not. This is this. It it it's, it's in my space, but does it belong to me? Is it mine? Am I carrying something that actually belongs to me? No. And then you are again. You have the choice to just say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. This this is not mine. And I always, when I talk with boundaries uh, with my clients, I always tell them, as, uh, like, a, like an example, that imagine that you have a garden. It's you have a sacred garden that is your heart, and it's the most precious sacred place that you have. It is yours, no one else's but yours. And boundaries are that beautiful fence there is like around protecting that beautiful sacred inner garden that you have. You can have the first thing that is really important is to have rules. Like people need to know what are the rules to enter in your sacred garden because people can know. And once people, if you have the rules, people know what are the rules of that garden. If they come into your garden and they disrespect, disrespect the rules, you can tell them, you know what, here are the rules. You could read them before you enter. And yeah. because you cross that, then I am, it's my, it's my right because it is my garden after all to say, you know what, I don't wish you to be in my garden, so I'll ask you kindly to just leave. And you you don't need to stay, you don't need to, but it's a choice, right? Yeah. And, and self-love, it's about, it's really stepping up, it's choosing you. Self-love is choosing you and seeing that you are in absolutely worth it for every choice where you have to choose you above anything else. Because there is no one more worthy than yourself. No one. It, it's it, yeah. It, it is you. It is you. It, it's you. Who do you be always waiting for? It is you. The answer. It, it's it's us. It is. I mean, me, me, I am my own answer. My own yeah. the 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 one that I was waiting for, and to honor that. So, choose love, and choose you also in that in that love. But see, what I feel like is something that we have gotten really off the other end of the spectrum of what love actually is. And I feel like we've actually been conditioned for codependency and conditional love. So then when we say that, then people, then that's actually why people say, well, because I love this person, but it's almost like, but at what you can love them with boundaries, you know, you can love them Absolutely. and not be with them. You can love them from afar, you know, and that was one of the most yeah. like simple, but profound things I learned in life coach school of like, love is always an option. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, I am mind blown by that because I've always been taught that love was something else. And that basically mm -hmm. love is self-sacrifice. Love is not having boundaries. Mm -hmm. Love is taking on everyone's stuff, you know? And so that's been a process yeah. of like undoing because I worked as a nurse in the hospital before. And I am telling you for my sanity, especially the last couple of years, I had to constantly sit and like talk to myself. And I had to say, this is not my burden to carry. This is not my burden to bear. This is not my burden to bear because it was so frustrating taking care of people that like 
I decided that, and this, this has been a theme for my life in the last couple of years since I stepped away from nursing, is that I cannot care about other people's health, wellness, well-being more than they care about it for themselves. You know, and that's where I have to institute that boundary for myself. Yeah. You just remind me of something. I study, um, I was doing mindfulness and to become a coach in mindfulness. And I was studying with in a Buddhist center. And there was this monk that I was studying with him. And I remember in one of the retreats I was with him and I was bringing this, this topic because I always said I have to be in service and I have to serve everyone. Yeah. I have to be there. And, and I remember he, he put it in a way, he said, he looked at me when I was sharing that and he said, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I beg your pardon? Who do you think you are? Do you think that you're God? Are you God? to choose what something, what experience it's meant to be for someone and what's not. Yep. I'm like, well, I'll be, of course not. And then he will interrupt me again. So who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to rob that lesson from that person? Because the moment you interfere, you're robbing, robbing that person from that life lesson. You're taking it away from them. Who do you think you are to do that? Who gave you that right? And in that moment, I was like, gut check. oh my God, <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's true. Who do I think I am? I don't have to rescue anyone because nope. I'm not here to, to, to take away that life experience and that lesson that it's inside that life experience. Name it. It could be pain, challenge, the, yeah, trauma, whatever it might be the label, but it's it's for them to, to go through that. Otherwise, it would not be in the reality. It would not have manifested, period. It's just mm -hmm. like that. It's there because it's serving you. Going back to what we said before, it's serving you. And the key also that another thing that I that it got like sparked when you were talking before is that it's something that I always try to remind people that it's not what happened to you, but what you do with what happened to you, what matters. Mm -hmm. It's not what happened to you because you can come and tell me, oh, but it's this has happened and, and I, I was uh, abused or no, that happened. My, my husband cheated on me and left me for whoever. And this person in my, my family is doing this. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you. I see you. Like, I really, I yeah. truly, from my heart, I can see you and I hear you. What you're going to do with that? No, but yeah. yeah, I see you. I hear you. What are you going to do with that? That's what matters. That's yeah. the tipping point. Mm -hmm. So that's another, yeah, it's, it's another like moment that comes in when you ask, ask yourself that it's just a simple question. It's just take all the white noise out. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with it? Well, I like to what ask people because I noticed that when that happens, we are buying into the story. We are making what happened, we are making it our story, we're making it our identity. And that's also what I find interesting in this space of podcasting and this space of even public speaking. We're, you know, how I said, like, we're addicted to the struggle, right? So then it's like, I have to have all these things that have happened to have a story. 
and to have the story be part of my identity as opposed to the story was something that has happened on the whole, it was a blip of time in the whole timeline of my life that offered me the choice to pivot, to elevate in my life. But what I notice is that some people keep buying into the story. And sometimes the conversation that I have with some of my friends uh, is, is that fact or fiction? Because a lot of times, you know, when we want to be in this place of victimhood or in a different space that's not serving us for our highest good is, okay, well, that person's saying this and that person's doing this. It's like, but are is that a fact or is that just a story you're telling yourself? And are are you ready to let go of the story? And yeah, I've told a couple people that that especially when you know in abusive situations, you know, it's like this in that space, and it's like, okay, well. I'm so sorry that is happening. I, I can't even imagine how that feels and how that experience is. But when do you want to stop buying into that story? When do you want to let that go? And yeah. utilize this as an opportunity to evolve and an opportunity to like go somewhere else with this. You know, like you said, use it to yeah. propel you somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, in that case, it's also time. Um, I, when, with this relationship that I told you about at the beginning, so I was four years in it to this person that used to beat me and it ended because it threw me down the stairs and I was unconscious. So it's just like, and I was there four years of my life in this situation and it needed to be that long. Yep. For me, it needed to be that long and it needed to get to that point that I actually have to throw me down the stairs, that I have to have to lose consciousness, broke a rib, whatever it was the thing for me to say, this is it. I'm done. And yeah. this is it. I'm done. And to have that, if there is this moment, what kind of you said, you know what? No, this is it. Like, really, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to end standing up for yourself. So time is divine. Uh, and the other thing is that when you are, once you are in that abusive environment, right? And I don't know about other people. I'm talking about my own personal story. There is a moment when you cannot even see it. You cannot even see that it's toxic. You you cannot even recognize it. You're so immersed and so into it, and you have sold that story to yourself in such a masterful way that people can come and tell you otherwise, and you're like, no. What are you talking about? No, no, no. That's not how it is. You're convincing yourself that it's not like that. But yeah. slowly, but surely, then there are things that start coming into it. You start getting your, your pennies start dropping. And mm -hmm. you might not see it out loud, but you start seeing it. And then it's when little things and there's the synchronicity and the beauty and the perfection of time, things will come into your life messages however you want to call it it might be that you hear a song in the radio it might be that you read a ad or somewhere when you're driving or i don't know who's no it might be that you're hearing a podcast and then choo, that's it it comes a message and then there's those seeds what i call the seeds of light and those are seeds that they might not sprout directly but they're planted and when the soul is ready they will come up and that's when you will come up and just like fully blooming and said wow okay this is it now. 
for me. So time is it's divine and it's and it's guided. Absolutely in that in that sense too. I've really had to learn that process though. So part of me transitioning out of hospital nursing and being the freaking savior all the damn time is okay, how do I plant seeds and walk away? Because that old conditioning was like, no, I, I need them to see it. I need them to see it, you know. But what I've also learned, especially in the last year, going to a bunch of different family events between my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family, we were not taught to be okay with difficult emotions. Like mm -hmm. my parents were really strict. And so we weren't really allowed to make our own mistakes because they were really strict. Like we couldn't just learn for ourselves. It was like, no, this, you have all these rules and these restrictions because we don't want those consequences for you. And it's like, yeah, but I, I have to learn somehow. Right. And then I have had this awareness of just the fixing that happens. And it's like, with my family, if you have something going on, then it's just like either sweep it under the rug or just, you know, get rid of it, deal with it, right? As opposed to just sitting with it. So then I realized where that programming came from. And then also going into healthcare, it was so ideal, right? Of like me fixing mm -hmm. things yeah. for everyone all the time. So then after that, it was this process of like really pulling everything back to myself. And because what happens is when we want to fix everyone else, all we're doing is distracting ourselves from ourselves. And also it's some kind of like savior complex, right? So really pulling mm -hmm. my energy back to myself and worrying about myself and acknowledging that it is not mine to carry. And this is their journey. And like you said, who am I to deny them of that journey? But also I didn't ha know how to exist in this supporter space, you know, because for so long I was in that role where so many people were always coming to me for answers. And I acknowledged mm -hmm. when I was like trying to get out of it, that I don't want to be that person. I I'm not, I don't have the, a, authority over anyone else. And I don't want to take away people's power by giving them what I think the answers are. So really transitioning to the space of the supporter and the seed planter has been pretty freaking difficult, but so yeah. necessary for my own evolution. Yeah. And you're tapping into something that is actually ancient. It is the, the archetype of the feminine, the distorted archetype of the feminine. That is like, like you said, you've said before, it's like, uh, I love everyone above myself. I'm in self, I'm in service for others, even above my own. It's like putting, it's really putting is a very disempowered space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And masquerade by I'm in service. I am there for the other. And I have to be the feminine, have to be just like this. Oh God, you have you can see it everywhere in movies and it's just everywhere. It is everywhere. Um, not so much thank goodness, uh, you know, like in the recent uh, like times, but it's still, it's 
part it's it's in, it's embedded it's in your it's in your field already because we transferred to you for generations from your ancestors to your feminine bloodline oh yes yeah so it really into realizing and so it and I go back to that question is this is it mine mm -hmm. is this really mine and go inside just pause for a moment is this really mine okay first question is this serving me is this really serving for me not the others it's all about me myself right is it serving me and then it would be the other part of reminder you said is who do i think i am to take this mm -hmm. lesson away from them and i think when we do this like small check-in like and we tap on those three questions things can that they can shift directly we can just like oh yeah actually oh wow okay Woof, i almost went there hi Woof, okay and kind of like yeah. but it's an exercise and we have to do it until it becomes mm -hmm. automatic is that we are just like you and you see it coming and you're like Please, nope and nope i'm not going to take that because it's not mine I'm, it doesn't belong to me and have nothing to do with loving others you can love others and hold space for them without having to interfere so how do you set that energetic boundary energetic or actual like physical actual boundary let's do both <laughs> okay um so and uh, let's just start with the energetic because that's what you you said and in this case i would say there's two things that i feel that are incredibly important for every single human to do every day that's called energy maintenance or energy yeah maintenance just call it like that and is that every day you have to clear your field and every day you have to like really literally liberate you and cut everything that you were like because we're we walk out and we're like a like a sponge sponge yep take it everything yeah mm -hmm. from the outside so it's to when you once you come out back home is to clear yourself from it and intention is everything it really is everything you can just declare it just out loud and say i am you come in and you say i can teach techniques of doing it but one simple simple one that i can just tell you now as you said i release in this moment in time now all energy that doesn't belong to me i release our attachments i release all cords in this moment in time and just that's it. They're willingly over willingly. You could do it long or short, but it just, I release in this moment in time, all cords, all attachments or all lower vibrations, lower energies that I might be, I might take in, in the, in this day. And from this moment forward, my energy is clear, balanced. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. There's many different techniques and many things that I could teach. Like, a, yeah, that's why I do also with shamanic work, teach people about that. And the other thing is every morning, seal your space, your energetic mm -hmm. space. So you create, how you do that? Very simple. You create, imagine that you're creating like a cocoon or like a, a sphere of golden light around you. And you call it in. Is I'm placing around my all my field a golden, like a, a sphere or a golden cocoon to protect me from this moment onwards for all lower vibrations, all lower energies, and to keep my my energy and my field in full alignment with love. And that's it, you can do that. That's for your energy. How you create, you by doing that, you created a, you created a, already a, a boundary. Mm -hmm. So because you're literally walking with like a, 
thing bubble wrap. like the KNN, <laughs> a bubble wrap exactly of energy and energy field that is protecting you you can do that and and if something comes up you just release it in the night it's like i'm releasing all cords all attachments or low vibrations and all lord energy in this moment in time and it's actually you you can command that it's your energy it belongs to you so you can command what you do with the energy so energetically that's those two things very important for your boundaries and in your in your actual life as a <laughs> boundaries for the concept that we have i would say first be clear what are your boundaries what really is okay for you and what is not and be honest with yourself connect with your heart and really not of the mind like really feel it what is okay for me what is not okay for me and be clear about it and then communicate those boundaries to the people around you because it's not fair for us to have an acceptation yep. of people that these are my boundaries they need to know well not everyone can mind can read the mind so they might not know so make it clear for them yeah. do you know these are these are the no-goes to me these are the things yeah. that i'm not okay with i don't resonate with that i will not participate in this type of thing so whatever you want to phrase it or label it just communicate that so people have clarity and that's a way of, of setting a boundary and also saying the consequence that once it's happened then you put a consequence because you have to be consequent with it say so you know what this happened and i we spoke about it this is a no-go for me this is a bit this is a line that i just don't wish to that is crossed and i'm going to ask you to just stop doing that because it's really going against blah, 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 blah. And say, and if you do it again, I'm going to have to then decide to not call you for a while or not seeing you or whatever it is that you want to implement as consequence. But clarity for yourself, communicate them to them and also communicate what's going to happen if that boundary is being crossed and keep it, the, the, actually go through it, right? Not just say, if you do this, then I'll, I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk anymore or i don't know and then the person keeps doing it and you're like well the next time really really next time it this is really the time that and you have no credibility whatsoever so really stand up yes. for yourself and honor you and i love that you said the credibility part because i know that we will literally say yes to people that are going to treat us a certain way because that's actually how we're treating ourselves, And in order to stop that kind of stuff from happening, we have to acknowledge our part in it. That's like that empowered place to get to of, okay, well, where am I treating myself like this and how can I stop? And that's what's the cool ripple effect is like as above as below, right? And it's, once we stop doing that stuff to ourselves, other people will stop doing that to us. One of the things that has been a really challenging place for me is in my family dynamics. I come from a big opinionated family. We're all very close and I have had to acknowledge how that doesn't exactly serve me and where I needed to have better boundaries, but also state them and where that caused problems because I wasn't. So I live in Texas. My family lives in California. I go back and visit. And because I am single with no kids, typically I just try to just go with whatever, right? I try to just be kind of easy, you know, and just ride with whoever. 
and stay at whoever's house and everything. But I've had to acknowledge for standing up for unapologetically owning what's important to me is my space and my time. You know, I live alone with my dog in a whole nother state. So then when I come to California and I stay at my family's, it's a lot of like in everyone's space. And I kept, every time I would leave my family's house, I would think like, okay, next time, next time I should just go stay somewhere else. I should just go do this. But then it was like, I found myself like not wanting to upset everyone and not wanting to be difficult. And then Christmas, I was staying at my sister's and multiple people were sick. My sister's house isn't very big. And we literally had like a little mini blowout and I took my stuff and my dog at 1030 at night and I went and stayed in a hotel. And then it was like, why haven't I just been doing this? You know, so I had to kind of stop myself from going into that place of now I just created all this drama because I haven't been honoring myself and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, 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 this is here. This is now. My sister was really upset and she didn't understand. And I said, it's, it's been something that I needed to start honoring and admit and say out loud. Cause she's like, I don't understand. It's never been a problem before. And I said, no, it's always been a problem. I just shoved it down. I shoved it down, you know? And so now I can't shove it down anymore. And that's multiple other places in my life where it's like, I have my body, I have a visceral response for things when I am not honoring something within myself. So that was an, a fun thing to navigate. But now that I have, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, and I tried to explain to her, I said, it's not about anything you did. She's like, well, I'm, I'm really sorry for saying this and doing this. And I said, it wasn't even about that. It just was more and more evidence of why I needed to institute that boundary, why I needed to honor wherever I go. I could just simply state that I need and like to have my own space and has nothing to do with anyone else. I'm not, I'm not trying to offend anyone. It just is the way it is, you know, and it has nothing to do with yeah. anyone else but myself. But just getting to the point of like owning that was surprisingly difficult considering everywhere else in my life where I have such good boundaries. And then you want to talk about catching yourself in that moment. The same thing. I catch myself in that moment with people that I really care about, that I get way too invested in what's happening with them, that I have to just, I have to remind myself it's not mine and I can be over here and I can listen, but not take it on. And then you also, it's your right to say, well, first again, have clarity, what is okay for you and what is not. And when you are in a situation, for example, what you said with your family and to first honor it if you're feeling it is because really clearly and if it's so physical it's that's screaming inside it's not only yeah. your 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 energy screaming it and then it, it goes to your body your physicality so yeah. honor that and just address it and from a way from a place of love is that i love you i love when i come here and we're all together in family and it's awesome but i also love my independence and i love to be with my dog and whatever it is that you so let's just meet in the middle I'm, mm -hmm. i'll still come in and we still have a beautiful time i'm gonna stay in a hotel i can be here we can have breakfast together and have all the other yeah. things together but i'll just have another place and you just place it you put it across yeah. on the table so people actually know and they have 
the information, right? To and also remind yourself it's not it, it, it's not about them. It's yes. about you. So do it with love, honor yourself. Also, that doesn't mean that you have to be a horrible person addressing this t- topic yeah. with it, with someone else. Just do it with from your heart and just tell them what it is, and then yeah, it can go from there. So. uh, That's actually been a huge thing for me that's been really empowering is to acknowledge that other people's behavior is not personal. Oh my gosh, how much of a game. Yes, a game freaking changer in my life of just like, they want to act crazy, let them act crazy. Like, why why are you making it your problem? Yeah, it's not yours. And mm-hmm. go back to that again, those three questions that I shared with you and with everyone earlier, ask yourself to stop for a second before you, you hook, you get hooked because it's a hook and you get yeah. hooked before it hooks you just ask, just stop yourself for a fraction of a second and say, is this mine? No, it's not. Oh, well, then I don't have to even invest any energy in this because it doesn't belong to me. And just, and it's the other people can be throwing it like, you know, arms up and it's not mine. It's not yeah. my responsibility. Yeah. You don't have to be a horrible person about it. You can just yep. be like, just witness, be a, be a witness, sacred witness, witness how they're melting down or whatever it is that it needs to happen. But just be there without getting hooked and without intervening. So I have to do something. I have to rescue it. I have to. Who do you think you are? It's, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a work of energy to really it's a work of energy to really be mindful and honor your own energy and your own space and your soul and your heart and all that part of, you know, because you feel it, you know, we know it. Our mind can be saying whatever, but in your body, you can feel the contraction when something is not in resonance with your heart and your soul. You feel it. And then it's a choice. Do you really want to go there? It feels contracted. It just doesn't feel good. You really want to go down road there? Well, no, just, if it doesn't feel expansive and just like that's your body your inner compass your intuition saying this like i don't think that's the way you want to go but if you want to it's your choice you have free will so just yeah but we have a moment to choose we can always choose there is always possibility to to, to make a choice i love your reminder about checking in with our body because i do feel like we have been so conditioned to check out of our body because we're so mind driven, you know, and can you tell me a little bit more about how to connect with our body and check in with our body? Yes, absolutely. Um, there is the most simplest way, uh, and we take it for granted is breathing, breathing. It's such an amazing tool. I'll say uh, for people, it's just, oh, but I breathe, I breathe. And it's like, I know, otherwise it would be that, right? Um, yeah. But it really take a moment. Just just do it for one, not even a minute if you want to. Just dedicate and give yourself 60 seconds and just put one hand. I always recommend people to put one hand on their, on their <laughs> upper chest, on the upper heart. And the other one, I like to, when is it, once I put them in, the, in the, your womb or in your belly, in your lower belly, also if you're a man, put your those two energy points and just breathe just take a deep breath and and the other thing to keep the the mind engaged so it's not going everywhere when you're doing this exercise is just dissect the act of breathing 
feel the, the okay what is the temperature of the earth i can feel it going through my nostrils i can feel it going down my lungs are expanding my belly is rising just like bring yourself into your physicality your body so your mind is busy with all this task of how is it you know the process of breathing and being aware <laughs> of that so that then you bring so your mind has a task and it's not going to be wandering anywhere and then you can really feel it and feel the sensations feel that or another exercise that for people that is not into that breathing thing is just focus on one part of your your it can be your hand and then focus on your hand and you can just i you can contract your hand like make a fist to say i'm feeling i feel my i feel my my hand i can feel it i'm feeling my hand and you're you're getting engaged you look at your hand you look at your it just drop into your body that's another some people it's just if you're in the middle of a meeting you're not like you're not gonna do that uh so you just focus on one part of your body if you have one or one um hand that is on your thigh just focus on that and just i feel the weight of my hand above my spine yeah oh i feel actually the temperature that is a different temperature i can feel it oh and if you drop it just drop into just bring yourself in into that moment and lastly is another one that i learned when i was working as a as a counselor is when people is in trauma the really response where they leave their body is to bring themselves back to their body is remind yourself it's from outside to the inside so where am i okay i am in munich yeah i'm in munich and where am i i'm in, in the building okay and i'm in the fourth floor and i'm in a in an apartment and not inside of the living room and i'm sitting in the chair that is a, a, like a leather chair okay i'm feeling and i'm here i am here and you bring yourself from that just bring yourself to back to the space where you are that also is just a you bring yourself back to your body but from the macro to the micro to the small yeah so is that basically so, a good way to reverse the habit of dissociation I would say yes, because you're bringing yourself again back to your body. You're dissociating because you're out. You're not yeah. here. And it's another thing that happens that I was shown that I was doing. Uh, I was doing a channeling, and I was shown this beautiful thing. And I was like, "Wow, it's so incredibly true, and it's so there all the time that we lose sight of it." And they, what my the vision, what they showed me was, there was this like a line and a point, and they showed me, "Okay, you are here now." And they, I could see like a line, right? And in this point, a center board of where I am. And then I said, when you are worrying about things that are, that are, they haven't happened, you're worrying about the future, is that you're worrying about a reality that hasn't even exist. It doesn't exist. And yet you took yourself from this moment in time, the zero point, right? What we call it, into the future. You remove yourself. You're not here anymore. You're gone. You're gone. Your body might be here, but you're not here, no longer here. And when I do the same, when you go to the past and you just from zero point, mm -hmm. you go to the past and you're like, oh, because this happened and da, 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 da. And you start recreating that old story. You, the moment you do that, you're not, you left zero point. You're not in the present moment. You're gone. But, and you cannot live when you're not in zero point, you're not yep. leaving the now moment. It's gone. So yep. you're either in a future that doesn't even exist because it doesn't exist. If it's not here now, it doesn't exist yet mm -hmm. so it hasn't manifested yet and if you're coming from the past it's already happened before you have no yeah. control whatsoever what happened in the past so there is nothing you can do to change it so what is the point of being keep bringing yourself back into that energy 
Mm-hmm. And there is nothing you can do bring yourself into the past energy or the future energy because you cannot you cannot change neither of them. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have is the now moment. Do everything in zero point in this moment in time now. And it's about choices. What is your choice? What are you choosing in this time, in this moment in time? I love that. That's so good. <laughs> but then how do you how do people start to let go of some of that past stuff? Well, in shamanic work, there's a lot of things that we can do shamanically to, to let go of those things. You can, you can cord, you can just, we have attached cords actually, like literally that you can see them when you're in in a journey and you can sever and cut all those cords. Um, we have people sign contracts from past lives. They sign willingly deeds and all the other things that they do. They don't even have any recollection because they did it in a past lifetime. So yeah. you also have to go to the cash records and you have to take contracts and things and remove deeds and act, all the things that also we do it with shamanic work, all this energetic, the, the world of the, the realm of the not the unseen, Seen, that's what yeah. we address with shamanic work, uh, on a non energetic level. Um, what I could, what I could tell you is that then work in the now moment to remind yourself it's a choice. When you realize, catch yourself, you're going to, there is a moment when you, you can catch yourself from going into that place. It might be that you, you realize once you're there already, and then it's fine. Give yourself love and compassion because, oh, I'm here again. I'm recreating this old story, yeah. but it's just not giving me anything, but I'm enjoying it for whatever twisted reason, weird, or whatever you want to call it. The people put many labels to that experience. I'm recreating that. It's okay. Okay. But I'm choosing that was then this is now, and I'm here in this moment in time that was in the past. It's not longer there and bring yourself back and back and back. And then also remind yourself when you're, when you go there a place and tell to yourself, you can tell that to yourself and said, I don't want to keep coming to this place. Mm-hmm. It's not serving me. It's not giving me any, any positive benefit. It's not giving me any benefits whatsoever. If anything is hindering me, it's not helping me. So I choose not to go to this place. So every time I caught myself doing that, I'm going to say, okay, we did it. Oh, we go back into the present moment. That place is not serving me. That place is and acknowledge that it's really not doing anything for you and come back to the now. And that you do that several times. And then without working with energetics, with only with the mind, that's the exercise that you can, that you can do. But I'll definitely encourage people to work with the energetic part because there's so much that, so much stuff that is just keeping people hooked into, into past experiences. It's not only the mind, it really is not the mind only. The mind is just a part of the work. Yeah, I've done, every time I feel like I'm getting like, pulled from certain things or people, um, especially for like guys I've dated. Literally almost every single guy I've ever dated has contacted me years later and like tried to be my friend or like my ex-husband. I've been divorced for like 12 years. And every couple years I would get a text message from a number I didn't know. And it would be him saying that like he still loved me. He still thought about me. And I'm like, that's so weird. So I would just block it, you know? And then at a certain point, like he started trying to follow me on social media. And I so I blocked him. 
And so I was doing a cord cutting with my crystal healer and it was like, you know, a live one. Um, she was doing it in person, but I was on Zoom. And I asked her about, okay, well, I've done a cord cutting on him before and it didn't, nothing changed. And she said, sometimes we develop really deep, energetic, strong, energetic cords because that energy, that person needs something from us. So ask yourself what it need, what he needs from you. And what came up in that very moment was love. Basically, mm-hmm. the only time he ever felt loved was when he was with me. And so that's why he hung on to me so tightly. And so I sent him love and cut the cord and he's never tried to come back ever since. So I've noticed that with people I've dated is that those cords. And so I've had to cut them on many people. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Cords and contracts. Oh my goodness. Those are two are, are... Yeah, people is not. It's, many of, of us uh, don't they don't realize how many cords we're carrying. Like an we're, we're people I've seen it. Sometimes they're like an octopus. Like there's cords everywhere walking around because they have so many cords and that and things attached to them. And also the the contracts and things that we can things that we agreed from a past time or even in this, this lifetime that mm-hmm. we deeds that we do to ourselves things that, that people doesn't realize the power of the cast of the voice that we have that i will never ever i promise myself that da, 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 or i did and you do that and you're casting you are casting something that's how mm-hmm. powerful it is and then you're gonna have to go back and work with that when one is not longer serving you so i would say to people be very mindful what you said when i'll never ever i'll promise myself i swear i'll ne- okay yeah it's uh well just I love that you brought that up because I've had multiple people say stuff like that after they go through a bad breakup and they're blaming oh love God. and they're blaming relationships and it's like it's not that I mean even like after I got married I was never or after I got divorced I was never one of those people that was like I would never get married again I acknowledged that it wasn't marriage's fault of what happened in my life. Like I was actually grateful that we were married because then it made him legally accountable to have to close everything out. Because if we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, like we owned a house, multiple cars, a trailer, like we had a ton of assets together and he was not being a cooperative, nice person. So he would have just literally walked away and never signed anything, never done anything. And I would have been stuck with like trying to chase him, you know, but luckily we were married. So then I went to family court and they were able to have a court order to enforce him to be responsible for some of the shared things. So Mm -hmm. I was very grateful. I definitely have a different perception on marriage now in terms of like, spirituality versus like governmental things, you know, I'm not, I'm not attached to anything in particular anymore, you know, but I never blamed marriage. And I decided that I was like, I will, I never will be the person that's bitter, that's bitter from relationships. It's bitter from any in the way that it needed to, in the time that it needed to. And I just am frequently blown away with 
the concept of divine timing. Cause I will tell you, I did not believe in that until just a couple of years ago. And somebody actually sent me the movie, the secret and I watched it and I was like, Oh my mm. gosh. And so now I'm, now I'm like so much, so much less attached to specific outcomes in a specific amount of time. I never thought I would be one of those chicks that had like biological clock pressure, but I also never thought that I would be 38 completely single with my dog left my career in another state, you know, like I never saw this place in my life, but that was because I didn't need to, you know, because it does, it doesn't matter because right now is the only thing that exists. So then at a certain moment in time, I felt myself like getting in this place of rush and worry about, well, you know, I want, I want my person and I want to have babies and I'm getting old and this and that. But I will tell you every time I come from that space of fear, of lack of control, that's when my choices are totally not, not serving me at all. And that's where I have noticed in dating where dating has completely shifted for me because I stopped living from that place of like, I got to find somebody. Oh, I got to do this. Like I just have this knowing and I trust the knowing that whatever is meant for me in my life will not pass me by. And whatever time frame that oh. is, and time is the illusion that we put on ourselves and the constriction we put on ourselves and it, everything happens how it needs to, when it needs to. So that has made just life exponentially easier in general for me because now I'm not obsessively trying to control the outcomes and the time frame. And I even feel bad for the last person that I tried to date because I was so like, it was funny because I used to live much more in my masculine and in that like distorted feminine space, you know, of planning, controlling, all that kind of stuff. And then when I shifted out of that and I got into the state of like much more surrender, much more feminine flow, but then I chose to date someone that was literally going to like sprinkle salt in that wound that wasn't quite like healed yet. So then mm. I ended up kind of getting in like a weird situationship. And then when I saw what was happening, then I kind of freaked out and I tried to control and I tried, I like went back to those old patterns. <laughs> so I can acknowledge it after the fact of like how it needed to happen. But it's just funny to think back to yeah. and be like, oh my goodness, I know why that happened the way it did now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really finding understanding that really happens to you and through you for a reason yeah uh, and also to to don't one thing that i tell people is don't try to to escape from from whatever is happening the situation for us uncomfortable and to deny mm -hmm. so emotions are energy in motion and energy is meant to be moved mm -hmm. it needs to move through you so even if you're you refer to it before to bitterness after you go through a, a, a divorce, I remember I am also divorced. And I remember when I was going through my divorce because the ending was so unexpected and so incredibly uh, messy and wrong and how the things he did and whatever and things were happening. I was for a moment, I, I had bitterness and I did. And I 
not running away from it and just let it because then it gets stuck in your field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So i just felt it. i just I, i'm acknowledging i'm feeling this and i'm having all these thoughts that are not nice the things that you know that can happen to that other human being that so all the things is that it's not defining me this yeah. feeling is not defining who i am it's just something that i am feeling that is going through me at this moment in time and just feel it and just allow it to move through you and then it will leave like that yeah. with every other feeling yeah uncomfortable no, i was I was, um, yeah. I was definitely very bitter and angry and it lasted over, yeah, it lasted for like over a year, Go back and forth in court mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Like, no, I definitely, I was in that moment, very resentful and angry and all the things. I just decided I wasn't going to let that be my story forever though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's super, super key. And the other thing that is, I think it's a good exercise for people that I can also leave with is that whenever you are, not when you're in the moment, but after you, you leave a time that has been challenging or difficulty, like if we keep, we're been labeling it that way since the beginning is go back, stop, stop for a moment and then look back and see in that, what, how that whole experience, what changed in you mm -hmm. and in the way that you see things and the way that you act. I always tell when people that I work with people that when you're going through difficulties, it's almost like if you're walking and you're going into the storm and you go, and it could be like, wow, I mean, cats and dogs coming down and it's just like a horrible, horrible storm and you're in the middle of it, but you keep shortly, you keep moving through it, right? It might, for some people it takes longer, for others, it, takes, it doesn't matter. You're moving through and your own divine timing. And some point you will get out of that storm, right? And once you're out of the storm, I, I do a journey, shamanic journey with people. And when we do this, I always tell them, look down. What are you holding in your hands? And there is a gift. There's mm -hmm. always a gift after the struggle. There is always a gift. Always. And the gift is the person that you became through that process. It might be that you become, you, you realized how the a potential a capacities, the knowledge that you didn't know you, that you had, a, a, your resilience yep. that we were talking about. It might have shown you that you are way more powerful than you ever believed you could. It might shown you that you're actually an entrepreneur. It might show you whatever. It might be so yeah. many things. That's what, that's part of the gift. It's not the whole gift, but that's one big, big, big part of the gift. So do that exercise. Even going back into past experiences that you still feel you're hooked into them because you're having, you're unable to see the shift and finding the gift, go back and see from that moment and they'll transition the whole process. What has changed in your life, in your mindset, in your way that you carry yourself and the way you feel every single aspect and, and see them all and then find inside of all those different aspects what is the gift i would say more there's always more than one but yeah it's how deep you yeah. choose to go into the process right but that's definitely and it helps us to to see that and that's the beauty of of, of yeah the beauty of, of the challenge and the medicine and then i want the challenge too. and then i want you we'll close out with this last tidbit the importance of forgiving yourself through all of it yeah, that is, that is big. 
when we talk about forgiveness, there is a few misconceptions. And the one is the first one is that um, fingers go to the outside. It's all about that person did this, they did that. And I always tell people, let's just point the fingers in and what role you play in the situation. You did play a role. And forgive yourself for whatever role you were playing in that. The role that you were playing that allow that situation to happen. And then forgive yourself because you didn't know, you didn't have the tools that at that given moment, you did the best with you that you could with the tools you had and the knowledge and the wisdom that you have at that time. And therefore there's nothing to you, there's nothing to, to be hard on yourself because you did the best you could with the version of yourself that you were in that given moment. So for me, just remind yourself about that is that that version of you is not the same version that you are today. You're here today because you went out of that situation. So you went through it. So you're ready that learning process already occur. And therefore you already have wisdom, lessons, knowledge from that situation. So you're not the same. So to expect that new version of your view to behave in this way that you could behave today, it's not fair. Yeah. Because you're so much more involved. You have learned and you have grown in such a beautiful, magnificent way. So it's forgive yourself for what? You did the best you could with the tools you had. And that was perfect. And that is what allowed you to be the incredible person that you are today with all the qualities that you have that you acquired during the process. And there's nothing to forgive. Just is just acknowledging that you did the best you could with the tools you had at a given moment. I love that. Thank you so much. And where do people find you? Yes. So uh, people can find me on my website. So it's uh, my name. <laughs> it's Isa Mary. Isa is with two S's and then Y. So isamary.com. Uh, people can find me on Instagram is the same, Isa Mary Blanco. Uh, people can find me on Facebook, same, Isa Mary Blanco. So Isa, Mary, all together, Mary as Mother Mary, uh, Isa with two S's, and Blanco as the color white in Spanish. Yeah, so Isa Mary Blanco on Instagram, on Facebook, and my website. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. And if everyone can do me a favor, share it, like it, subscribe to it, get it out to other people. I just want to be able to not only shine my light, but help shine other people's out to whoever needs it. So please feel free to share this episode and any other episode that you might have listened to that you loved with anyone that you think might need it. Just help plant the seeds. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you.